1: ...is a member of the
0: Great Big Owl family. I'm at point now, because it's been six weeks without a day off... ...and it continues oh till the 19th of December. Um, I've hit now a point of dizziness. You know, when you actually get that... All right, the other day I did a bit where I just lay on the stage for a moment, and when I got up I did that... Whoa! Like you could have gone to sleep? No, I just... My inner ear was gone, so oh I was my like, God. whoa, there we are, that's
2: alright um, You have the, and I mean this with love and, and slight concerns, you have the look of some, someone who's got a newborn baby Yeah, <laughs> I I
0: have, I call my little newborn baby, I'm a joke and so are you, available from Atlantic Books
2: <laughs> Oh, we're rolling, fine, <laughs> we've already started Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror My name is Sarah Morgan <laughs>
0: Um, hello. Hello, Sarah hello. Morgan. I'm Robin Ince. Hi I Robin am Ince. horror and you are yeah. comedy. I
2: have never uh, done a live one of those before. I don't think I'm going to do it again.
0: It's hard, uh, isn't it? It's weird. It's weird. weird. Mm. Yeah.
2: Um, thank you for doing this. I'm, I'm slightly What I love concerned. is the,
0: the, the listeners don't know about this, mm. but the, the kind of this, this small individual cages that we each have to yeah. prevent uh, the sound bouncing all over the room are very similar as if I'm either visiting you in prison or vice versa, which I presume has probably been observed before. <laughs> no,
2: it hasn't. Oh, right. No. And, and I would be the first one to think of that yeah it's it's a bit like crybaby isn't it where there might be yeah it's uh oh johnny depp oh mm. it got sad straight away there's Why? so
0: many aren't there it's like I, I think of there are certain icons where you go uh, you, we really depended on you mm. see with Johnny Depp it was like I always thought he'd be someone who would be happy with ageing mm. so first of all that kicked in where mm. you go oh no 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 no! it's mm. fine for you to look old because yeah. he always made the coolest choices he didn't and all take his
2: friends the- were old and cool his, all his like you know Andres Thompson and, and Keith Richards and stuff but maybe we just know more about people now than we did and maybe they were terrible people as well in fact, I'm sure they probably were but uh, he he is, yeah, I just walked past the newsstand outside here, and they had that GQ cover where it says, Outlaw talks and talks and talks, he's like, it's not a fucking outlaw.
0: No. He's a bad man. It's like, when you read some of those, brackets, there's a allegedly. Book, Hellraiser's. I forget <laughs> the name of the author. And it's Ly Richard Barker. Harris and Peter O'Toole and Oliver Oh, Reed. not that kind of help. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, we'll so get on up. to that. Oh, I, I nearly bought. I, I suddenly realised I yeah. didn't have a copy of uh, Book of Blood, one to three. And uh, I love Clive Barker. In fact, for Halloween, I will be watching Candyman, which oh, I haven't nice. watched for a long time, which is one of my wife's main fears. I'm not allowed to say Candyman uh, any times into a mirror. Any So, times. yeah, that, that, that's okay. but I'm not here to cover her fears. Oh, we can. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, and in the book, Hellraiser, you kind of... I think in one way, you're meant to go, hey, these guys had such a great time. Mm. And then every now and again, there'll just be this single line where you basically go, I think somewhere along the line, Mm. there was regret. There was, hey, there was that time I didn't see my kids for a very long time. There was that time that I don't have any memories of at all. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that whole outlaw thing.
2: Yeah, the dot, dot, dot at the end of a, a great anecdote where you know that some t- some 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 life had to go on after that so it's like oh and then I snorted my dad's ashes in a yeah. big line and then what happened what did you go home did you get a nosebleed did you just feel hollow did you <laughs>
0: or at the age of 80 do you just start weeping is it in the yeah. same way you know those things of that you run out of words or you run out of laughter at the same time do you go oh, I forgot <laughs> to weep for the previous 80 years and now the end of my life will be me drowning in just tears
1: oh uh. Oh,
0: they'll probably be fine. Yeah, they'll probably be
2: I think it'll be like Mad Men, where all these men that we think are going to have like terrible comeuppance and misery are actually just going to be fine. All the Weinsteins will be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah tell me about your book Robin yeah one of my 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 favourite tell me about book
0: was when I went straight from uh, the guy before me on on this particular daytime TV show was talking about the murder of uh, the guy that he used to work with who was his friend in Russia and it was a this very kind of dark story of also bravery and tenacity and literally he ended on something which you really would have thought Mm -hmm. man that is that's an incredible story and then Jeremy Vine goes Robin you got a book out and you go "Uh, could you make me more mercenary could you Make it clearer that I'm here to sell things. Is it like
2: a was it like a one-show segue?
0: Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, and, and it's. Uh, I, I suppose you know we are a now multitude world with to do Stormzy. You're like, yeah. What? <laughs> Mel Mel Brooks was so great when he was on the one show did you see that
2: I can't remember what was the it was was him and Russell Crowe, which was a
0: beautiful Mm. dynamic That Mel Brooks kind of told them off he said look you've got to tell me what my face is to look like I was doing smiling I thought it was another fun thing it's a sad thing you've got to tell me what am I doing what am I doing what's going on with the show what a man
2: yeah oh he's great (laughs) Well, I've just
0: read, I've read, uh, not all of it, but David Lean's both biography and autobiography because there's an author who's written uh, Mm. a lot of it and then David Lean comes in with his part of the story. Oh,
2: like um, Graham Chapman's autobiography. Yeah. Five writers. It's my favourite autobiography for that reason. Douglas Adams just writes too much about spaceships and and um uh Graham Chapman fires him halfway through anyway
0: but it's yeah it's just um the, uh, and Mel Brooks comes out of it very well from the mm. period of of making the elephant man and producing yeah. the elephant man of and of course yeah and uh, Anthony Hopkins doesn't come out so well mm. well he apparently really didn't take to David Lynch and couldn't believe that this kid idiot was kind of in charge um, of this movie. I read Whereas, that um, article in Empire, Wendy Hiller yeah. and John Gilgut were all kind.
2: <laughs> the voices are here! Mm. <laughs> Actually this is a thing, I've, I've, I've been reading your book on the way over um, I've been cramming it because I, as you know I've we, we've talked about this off I, I, I've been I've been reading Robin's book which is brilliant and really fascinating alongside Stormy Daniels' autobiography and going back and forth between those two things and uh, the one thing I would say, they're both fascinating and also both of them, you don't skip the childhood which you wouldn't normally do with a memoir. You would just like you would yeah, but not both of them. You really want to. I want to read Stormy
0: Daniels' one now. That's it's
2: really. I mean, she's a, she's very very funny. If you follow her on Twitter, she is very funny. But
0: watching on Saturday Night Live and stuff, she's great. Yeah, yeah great she's fun. got
2: a brilliant sense of humour. She's uh, and also I'll, I'll just uh, she's she's a superhero. She she could change the world because she's she's immune to the the thing that can destroy most humans, which is shame. Mm. She's got no shame, so she could bring him down soon. Hopefully, well. But the book, the book is fascinating because she's really funny. Anyway, I'm not talking about Stormy Daniels's book, but she has a very ghostwriter, I would say. <laughs> and your book doesn't have um, penises shaped like toad from. Uh See Mario like brothers. As That's funny, that, but, actually, because I saw mm.
0: uh, I did a book event at the Cheltenham uh, Book Festival <laughs> the other, and my uh, old English teacher was there. Right. and I went out for a drink with him afterwards, and I remembered he, he wrote. He was he's a poet as well, mm. uh, and as our English teacher, when of course some of us found his book of poetry, uh, which was published by Fabian Fabian, you know, proper, and one of them is called I think my autobiography, and it's an autobiography of his genitalia. So of course you know, mauve toad with hairy eggs, <laughs> and of course that stuck and he of looked course. at me when I remembered, he go, oh, you remember that? I went, of course I of remember course. that, Duncan, because this, you know, for a 16-year-old Duncan, to, 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 to arm the, yeah.
2: Oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, the reason I, I meant the voices, just because I'm uh, reading the, the book when you talk in, uh, the point in the book when you talk about the fact that everyone has voices in their head, mm. I know, so particularly comedians, particularly people of comedy, and you asked a lot of different comedians how the voice in their head manifested themselves. And I found that really interesting.
0: It's interesting. Well, I, was, I did a thing with a couple of... Charles Furnahoe, who I interviewed mm. in the book. I did an event with him and Sophie Scott the other day. And it, it, apparently some people do have silence, have quite a lot of... He really? said the, the inner voices. And I found that interesting because I... I genuinely do It's not me then observing it. It's a bit like when I was in insomnia. People go, do you know what? Actually, quite often people, they think they're not sleeping throughout the night, but actually they keep falling asleep. And right. they go, oh, no, no, no. I was fully awake for the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. I saw the clock. You know that. In the same way, I wondered, you know, if I observed my voices. are they? But if my voices switch off... It's uh, when they come back on. It's like, what have I just done? What have I done for the last thirty seconds? Where have I been? Well, I've just been walking down the street. I've, you know, it is a kind of hypervigilance thing, and it mm-hmm. is, and and so they, they very rarely is the, mm-hmm. and and every now and again I'll go, oh, you know, as long as I've not been moving anywhere, mm-hmm. maybe I'm just sat on a chair, and I lost myself for a moment, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, that was nice, but a bit yeah. like joy. Excuse me, sometimes you find uh, joy, you, when the moment you observe the fact that you're feeling joyous, it can collapse the yes. joy and destroy it.
2: Well, particularly if you're a, a writer or a creative, then you start snapshotting it. In the same way that if you experience genuine uh, move, something that's genuinely moving or yeah. a, a real human feeling, you start sort of. Getting your phone out to take a picture of it mentally, <laughs> just, yeah. to like, just to like, oh, I'll remember, oh, that was a good line. When that when that person broke my heart, they said that really interesting thing. Yeah, or when, yeah, to explain the nature of the book to me, because uh, to well, me, I, I read it, but yeah. I know, it's, yeah, it's, it's always a weird yeah. thing. I always
0: no. feel weird about that when yeah. I do book podcasts, tell, podcasts. But it's um, tell me about your
2: book. But yes, so it, it was. The, it's
0: you know. basically it, it's kind of using the comedian as the anatomical model and the anecdotal mm. model for all of humanity. It started from when. uh uh, I think this, I'm beginning to realise it comes from various places. Like some, one of the things that I, I was originally in the opening of the book, and I don't think it is anymore because Jesus, Christ, we were literally. I was changing it as it went to the printer. Mm. It was it was very hard to get it in, in into the size it meant to be and everything. But um, the, the, originally, it started with the night that Robin Williams we knew of his uh, death yeah. in in, in uh, when it, I was doing a show in Edinburgh. And what I only realised yesterday when I was doing a gig in Shoreham, my friend Catherine was there, and who. Would have probably seen my first ever stand up gig. Oh. And I went, How weird. I've just realised the venue where I was when Robin Williams, we found out Robin Williams died, was actually the venue where I did my first oh. ever stand up gig. And I'd never, I'd not until then realised how linked it all was mm-hmm. so much. So it started. With the cliches that I saw the next day about why Robin Williams killed mm. himself, he's just a funny man, blah, 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 These, this is Tuesday the tragic player, thing. Clown, BBC4 docker, yeah. And as, as we know now, there's a lot of other things, including mm. Lewis Body's dementia and, yeah. and a lot of stuff he was dealing in the last two years of his life. And I think another bit that kind of plays a part in that story is watching Inside Number Nine's uh, episode, 12 Days of Christine. Uh, which, have you seen that? I
3: have. I
2: have I have, I have, have probably the most effeminate observation ever about it. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I also um, was slightly pulled out of myself by the fact that Sheridan Smith was clearly on board for a few days and has the same nail gels <laughs> for the uh. whole thing oh she kept her nails nice for 12 years
0: <laughs> oh but you see even that it's, will have been knowing the oh, way that Stephen so, reese worked, there's it's so, good. so many things it's in there it's so
2: good i really i really loved it but i just I, I i made that observation on facebook and i think it was david quantic just went oh god be more of a girl and it's like i'm allowed to be a girl you I am are allowed girl. to be but also yes, it was it was it was tremendous, and yes. So, sorry, you watched that. But yeah, so the the, yeah. the
0: the revelation at the yeah. end there, which as I said, stop listening for thirty seconds. I'm going to say what happens if you haven't seen it yet, which is that it's a car accident. Mm. Uh, nearly made me vomit, I was nearly sick, because I, I mean, I've never had a reaction to anything like that at all, as as I I don't cry very much in real life, I'm more like Mm. to cry in movies or listening to music, that kind of thing, very careful about the way that uh, any emotional outburst, save obviously for anger and joy, Um, (laughs) which I have no control over, how, um, and it's, linked to the fact that i was in a car crash when i was three years old yes so i think it made that which the memory that has has remained with me for Mm -hmm. for throughout my life so that that plays a part in the book as well because that's kind of the car crash that i was in when i was three years old is what i would describe as my creation myth in terms of Mm -hmm. in terms of my you know how why did you become a comedian that's what i could maybe hang Mm. it on if i was making some kind of you know documentary Mm. so In lots of different ways, what I was using was I was using lots of the clichés within the documentaries about Kenneth Williams or Tony Hancock, Joan Rivers, whoever it might Mm. be. And then going through different human foibles. So, first of all, why we become who we become, what we know both scientifically and anecdotally and psychologically, mm. uh, and then imagination, how that works, and then dealing with inner voices and the fact that you can use that creatively and you can become a ventriloquist or you use it to make stand-up, mm. or it becomes intrusive and it can destroy your life. Yeah. And, uh, and mental health, uh, impulsive thoughts. So taking all of these different mm. things that uh, I've sometimes used in stand-up and other people have used in stand-up, and then opening them up to see what kind of human beings we all are, mm. because you know, in the end, you do, you know, uh, cliche upon cliche. I, I, you know, I do quote, quote, quote Ian Forster's only because I think <laughs> it is the most important thing. I think you know when you, when you've done a comedy gig and someone comes up to you and they feel they can express something to you, yeah. And and I quite often, I mean, I suppose the things that I get maybe about mental health from people yeah. they may be about loss sometimes people come up to me and they just want to I mean still one of my favourite ones was Nottingham sometimes I'm on stage before the gig starts because so I just think yeah, you know avoid the affectation as much as possible um, in Nottingham a few years ago a man came up to me and went hello Robin I've come to quite a few of your gigs in Nottingham I went oh hello yeah he said I wasn't going to come tonight because I've uh, just been to my mum's funeral but then I thought nah nah I want a laugh so no pressure <laughs> and you know that <laughs> it's nice to have that and, and I, and I yeah. think the older oh I've got I, I feel that that important you know the kind of stand-up that I do mm. you know of course first of all I hope it's entertaining and it's funny but it's mm. nice if you go oh that had some purpose as well and that's what I hope in the book I hope the book is kind of interesting to people and um, what's nice so far in the reviews that have come out is that people have picked up on the fact that if you're into comedy like but hopefully if you're into humanity and understanding mm. humans and yeah you know, that was a real struggle to get that down and and to uh uh, yeah there's there's lots of more, yeah, you know, there's a separate book which I can write now. There's there, so much that didn't make it in.
2: I feel like there's a separate book you can write about how to stay sane while promoting this book. Because, you you know, your, your schedule is making me anxious. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, just, yeah. Is everyone asking you if you're okay? You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's reached
0: that point like, now, as are, you like, said, How
2: many podcasts have you done today? Yeah,
0: this no, this is podcast. But my, uh, to be fair, the other ones are me, are me so it's my fault. It's uh, <laughs> Book Shambles. But I'm in charge of Book Shambles now because Josie's gone and had a baby. So she's not around. Um but yeah I I find it it, I'm sure there'll be a point by the 17th of December which is the day before I I stop for three days uh, where I'll go oh god I think I've run it because I try and change it every night Mm -hmm. I mean a lot of the stuff at the moment is me touring my stand up show as well but normally it's about four of those a week and three of book shows Mm -hmm. or vice versa or sometimes you know a few book shows a day and I try and make it different every single time and that was why last night in Shoreham where I suddenly went oh I've just worked out a thing I've suddenly seen a separate link which is you know at the time when I did my first gig when I was 20 years old in in Edinburgh at the Greyfriars Kirk House uh, I would have been obsessed with Robin Williams still then you know I used to be able to do all his monologues from Good Morning Vietnam and stuff and then I suddenly went I never put that together four years it's taken me to go oh yeah yeah." and when I found out he died that was in the room where I did my first gig wow weird now yeah I love all that stuff. It's like today, there's been so many great coincidences. There was, uh, last night I met a man who had a voice like I- Ivor Cutler. Today, a friend <laughs> of mine came in and went, oh, I was just thinking about Ivor Cutler. And then throughout the day, there's been all of these oh, kind of, that. yeah. If
2: you get a third, there'll be like a think piece. Yeah. I think they all come along like that. Um, well, I was going to, yeah, I mean, you're, it's interesting you're saying that there was a whole uh, second book there because... One of the reasons I wanted you to come, obviously you are perfect for coming on the show anytime. But when I was in Edinburgh and you were doing your show, the Satanic rites of Robyns, oh yeah, 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 that was. I was was like. Uh, it was so Robin uh, Just how many of them did you do just a handful of those shows I did, you? I did about
0: 14 in the end Yeah, just
2: for, just for fun in yeah, the middle of doing about 15 other shows and, I'm worried and it, about and you was, Robin are you, uh, are you hydrating are you yeah uh, well, you, it
0: was, I mean yeah. I used to do uh, a couple of years in a row in Edinburgh I did 4 shows a day or yeah. 5 shows a day and then I would do friends shows as well making mm. about 7 I think one year I did 143 or something I never normally count but that <laughs> year I went this is ridiculous and it doesn't take long to count because I know that I did 70 of them, my own yeah. shows and then from, but it's what else are you going to do? I mean, I think that's with Edinburgh at the Fringe Festival. People sit around not being able to do anything else because they're so aware of the you know, mm. the, the, the look, the gaze of, 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 of other people, mm. of critics, of whatever it might mm. be, of their own self-loathing. Yeah. You might as well be on stage... Yeah. Preoccupied.
2: Yes, you can spend twenty-three hours a day staring at your own ass, yeah. and then an hour on stage. Performing. Anything, for the, Anything <laughs> for the Scotsman. Anything for the Scotsman. Anything for the Scotsman.
1: <laughs> three stars. Mm. I love stand-up
2: comedians very much, and I am also never going back to Edinburgh during week three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah uh, so, but no, the show which I loved, even though it was week three, <laughs> uh, was called "The Stanley of Robin Hood," and it was essentially. How how did you come, what what gave you the idea to do it? And, and it was I've I mean i just, I've been
0: meaning every year I try and do something that I haven't, and I suddenly went, I've never done a show about, I mean, I used to read out from the Giant Killer Crabs books and stuff like that yeah. in, the, in the book club show that I did, but I never did one just about my love of horror. Mm. And I think one of the things that I've started to do more and more when I do stand-up shows, which is, um, is see how far you can go without what appeared to be just normal joke structure and stuff like right. that so the idea of just standing for an hour mm-hmm. and showing the letter that I got from Boris Karloff's mm-hmm. widow and chatting about Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee and then doing Christopher Lee's might I say that I'm old fashioned tre van Ordinaire like to fresh Manhattan with that, that's yeah. within copyright so that should be fine uh, his drink drink song from Return of Captain Invincible
1: might I say that I'm old fashioned tre van Ordinaire
0: that i want a fresh
1: manhattan with white anglo-saxons everywhere a black russians no pink lady give her the singapore sling uh
0: and it kind of i was interested every night i was yeah. worried i always worry the whole time I worry whatever show I'm doing, mm-hmm. whether people are happy, I'm worrying, can this be called stand-up? Are people enjoying yeah. it enough? You know, it's all... and. That show in particular was an interesting one for... The year before, the show I did about art seemed to have the main connection that I made with mm. people. The horror ones seemed to just unearth things that uh, well, people set, wanted to talk about. I'll
2: set the scene for the punter, seeing is it's something that's not going to be... I'm I, you know, I, i I'm, I'm a horror fan, although also the nice thing about having a podcast about fear is that I get to admit... I'm fucking terrified of the idea of talking to Robin Ince about horror, because I, I'm, I'm a rank amateur of, <laughs> And... Um, but uh, Robin is a, a, a. I love Robin. I love horror. There was a poster. Robin is going to just wang on about horror for an hour, and I got there and it's a tiny little venue. It was full of guys who looked like Vivian from The Young Ones. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of oh. There was a beautiful giant biker dude and his and his chick, and you can only describe her as a biker chick. And they sat in the front row, and I'm like, I, oh, I know that. Yeah. You love them as much as I was. I, was, the, I get it's yeah. such
0: an interesting thing because the mixture of Radio Four and the mixture of being <laughs> kind of niche and slightly oh. kind of outsider. Yeah. And some of the things means that like when I played Newcastle last week at the stand just the whole front row was pierced and tattooed mm. and in the best kind of yeah. weirdo t-shirts that I love mm. but also then there'll be the middle aged couple who've been drawn mm. by Radio 4 but they have I remember with jokes the the Venn diagram was those two yeah,
2: things a middle aged woman in a vampire t-shirt yeah. but it's great I yeah. mean
0: that, that's what mm. I think is interesting is sometimes you'll be told that you're niche but actually being niche sometimes means that you also in terms of class and age yeah. it's much broader yeah It's not all... Whenever I play an art centre, they normally (laughs) go, there's a lot of people we've never had here before. Yeah, Yeah, which um is...
2: It was um this the, the whole stage though you filled with and you must have given how venues were you do you have to arrive with like suitcases uh, for, like, I left
0: that in the dra- I mean I I brought with me horror 130 books. 30 oh. horror books 80 of which I sent back within cuz I thought I can't carry the bloody right. things back cuz I bought more books and it was everything
2: shop. from my childhood it was osborne books vampires g- ghost demons and witches it was it was um uh jeff haunted house there was, yeah, like, I was just yeah. I was like in, spasming looking at this pile of like horror books from my childhood there was Rick Baker makeup stuff. Yeah, and there was, some, and, there was oh, um, great and then stuff. on the screen. What was it you were playing? Pages from CFAX.
0: Yeah, C-fax, ATV CFAX, for, Christmas 1983. Was yeah. What was
2: that for? Because you never explained. I it. just and I was the like, but this is creepy as fuck. It's that horrifying. That people
0: come in and there's this awful lounge music, which was the yeah. lounge music of of Oracle. I'm oh, glad I, I got say. it
2: right for what you were doing. Yeah. Which is just, like, oh god, it's Sunday. I'm going to lie on my tummy. It was the sense of at, waiting. Yeah. That sense of yeah. there's
0: nothing. On <laughs> and then there's something on, so that's that's what I wanted to kind of and then then I had I some, you know, some stupid adverts and then then the the brilliant music from Deathline, which is such. Have mm. you seen Deathline? Uh, I know
2: it's on at the Prince Charles this week, funnily enough. So I might such try and get your mat. A great day.
0: film, and it's, it's from just up from this mm. beautiful studio where we're now, uh, <laughs> Russell Square Tube, where I got out there the other day uh at, late at night, about midnight, and I, was, I, I had a proper like. <clears throat> this is where they made. If you don't know Deathline, it is a fascinating film um, about basically uh some people who were trapped when there was a kind of cave in uh during I think it's the, the, the as far as I remember the building of the tube and um, now the last two surviving members who are both cannibals with no language whatsoever say for Mind the doors uh <laughs> It's, the best it's amazing, and it's got. It's one
2: of those ones I feel like I see, but I know I haven't. And you
0: will yeah. love it. I mean, yeah, I showed it with uh, Reese Shearsmith, and I did a, uh, an event at the, the beautiful Phoenix Cinema, which yeah. needs saving in Finchley. I would just mention that mm. it is under threat. It's a fantastic cinema, yeah. and we showed uh, Dead of Night, which, of course, in terms of fear, mm-hmm. has Michael Redgrave, with <laughs> his ventriloquist dummy. No, no, no. You know, that's uh, the glassy <laughs> eyes, the glassy eyes. Um, and then we showed Deathline. <laughs> And and what great projectionists that, that they because our, we, we showed Dead of Night actually on film. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Deathline, the only film that was left, is basically green now. So they went, look, I'm sorry, we're going to show the DVD. It was fine, but but uh, during Dead of Night, the, the film actually broke. Ooh. And the two projectionists were upstairs going da, 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 yeah, Come yeah. on, come on right. Feeding it through and trying to sell it You know, oh, tape it back And yeah. they managed to do it They said, did you notice anything? I said, no this, There might have been a slight jump at one point we, The film broke and we managed to Brilliant <laughs> Oh but, yeah, you wouldn't get that at
1: the Voo,
2: would you? No, nah, the-
0: It's so And <laughs> it's, it's Cinemon, a brilliant yeah. soundtrack Oh wow Very sleazy Yes In the good way An experience an ultimate
1: terror
3: Hi, I'm Julia Rayside and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast, Always there is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera Howard's Way.
0: I mean, if we're talking lacquer we need to go back to Polly. He's got (laughs) 28 cans of Elmer. It
3: was definitely um, feeling horrible that you hadn't done your homework. Obviously, Lynn is immediately in a bikini. It's it's a freezing day in. I'm guessing February. That swing pool looks freezing. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway because I think it's brilliant. Jack still feels very much at sea. I can't help reaching for these puns. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but it's important. He doesn't really acknowledge how grave. What an ocean of trouble! Thank you. It is this is why we got you on your bloody. Great. Great. That's all I've got. I'm leaving now. Available from your usual podcast supplier. Find us on Twitter at Always There Pod.
0: Somebody's nicked my bloody boat.
3: So the the
2: um, Satanic Right Show. Mm. Uh, I did. I, like I say, I saw one and I felt like it was the equivalent of when I can't find something in my handbag and i tip it up and it's like some chewing gum or something and i just tip it out and everything falls out that, that was what it was like watching you talking about horror you had an hour and you just kept grabbing books and you, yeah. kept showing tips. you were showing like public information films you were showing bits and more, and it, all that came across is just a, a man passionately in love with uh, horror and uh it was it was absolutely exhilarating and um uh did you did you ever find a structure
0: to it or was no it just, i mean i think what i realized on day two yeah. i realized that There is a structure. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is actually, weirdly enough, it fits in with your podcast. At (laughs) one point, I was going to try and structure it where it was going to be my fear at that age reflected oh. by what I was watching and then my next fear so you know as I think I did mention a little bit in that show you know I, I'm trying to think of my first fear my first fear probably would have been something around the car crash I was in when I was three mm. so I would have talked about the fact that all my toy cars I used to smash with hammers and see what they would look like and if I ever managed to get an action man I would melt his face too. you know I had that kind of like like you know in female trouble where are uh, we talking
2: my language Mink stole,
0: uh playing divine's daughter she played car crash but not with toy cars with a full size yeah. windshield mm. right you know um, that, that bit really kind of oh that uh, female trouble well, that's a great song as well isn't it on that soundtrack
3: <laughs>
0: rabies nuclear war you know all of these things yes. uh, would have been so each one would have been aged you know bullied at school, whatever it was yeah. um, And then, but by day two I thought would well, you know what? that doesn't fit that structure doesn't have time to fit into an hour so I'm never yeah. going to bother with structure so every night I just start and then I stop when mm. the alarm goes off and then the next act on, go, you went over a bit. There's only ever a bit as well, considering yeah. how much it could have gone over.
3: That,
2: uh, and, yeah, I'm fully prepared for you to just start. Yeah, we are good. This is going to be fun. I'm very excited about this. So, uh, first of all, tell me about uh, your favourite, and I don't even know how we're going to do this, your favourite... Scary moment from film or TV.
0: Well, the scariest one... I was trying to work out... You know those things... Now, one of them will have been... And I watched it just before I did the Satanic Rights Show... Mm -hmm. Which was the episode of Survivors which is about rabies now survivors yeah. was a show if you don't know by terry nation it was one of those kind of dystopian things which was uh basically there's a scientist who's going around the world and he's got some kind of disease and it pretty much kills off people and the, and the infrastructure mm. collapses and there was one episode where there was a guy who was foaming at the mouth and he mm. got rabies and f- it really imprinted you know i really uh and i i talked about it i i think i talked about it in the show i certainly have talked about that i was so scared of rabies mm. and also all of the the public information films about rabies well it was and-
2: huge wasn't it it was mm. there was because with uh, terry white editor of empire who was on the show a few uh a, a few episodes ago uh she was terrified of water shit down mm. for the same reason that there's a the mixomatosis thing in that and and it was never really explained that it was mixomatosis. it was just someone going mad and again when we were kids i remember it's like cujo and all these things where it's just like this was a thing. This was a. Yeah. So, as, as children, we were apparently meant to be horrified by the idea of like we were of animals foaming it. at the mouth. It was everywhere. The you know, reasons it's gonna... we never knew, and it was slightly demonic as well. Anyway, mm. so, yeah. So, so, so I, I think was that was rabies. probably. I mean,
0: that was the thing. And you had to be
2: stabbed in the stomach a thousand times. Yeah, you had to have this the...
0: injection <laughs> that was maybe to be the most painful injection in the world, and it didn't even cure <laughs> you. It just did it to you, and you know, and, the, and the, there was the one with the little old lady in the handbag, you know, coming through customs, and they opened the bag, got a bloody kitten in it, full of rays. And then there's a, you know, one of the ones, Cat Show, Cat, yeah, that's a, there was, a, there was Cat Show cancelled. You know, that, that was one of, my God, I'd heard there were going to be howling, marauding demonic dogs. But the Cat Show cancelled? This is not a Britain I ever dreamt of. Um, and then there was the one which was the image of the poor boy on the bed, which I think was genuine footage of a boy writhing with oh, red. So all of these things. Only the English Channel stands between Britain and Rabies and rabies can't reach Britain without human help. If you're bitten by a rabid animal, the treatment which tries to check the disease is long and painful, and it doesn't always work. If the treatment fails and rabies does develop, it kills. So don't let selfish sentimentality tempt you to smuggle any animal back into Britain keep rabies out because rabies kills people um it's so all I, the
2: jab I, now isn't it it's all the jab isn't yeah. it yeah yeah and now of course the real horror is people who don't vaccinate
0: yeah i mean that's that's yeah, yeah. Mm. man we won't go into that fear oh, no. but no, it's no, uh, would, but, um, but yeah i i think no. it probably was it was survivors that episode about rabies mm. i was trying to think the other two were there was an armchair thriller which at one point someone looks out of a train window and sees a man who appears to have his eyes pulled out, just like blood socket. That Jeez. really... Yeah. And, the, and another one was something like an episode of Black Beauty, which just had that moment of looking out a window onto a dark mm. stable yard, and there was just a figure, and then the figure was gone. Not dissimilar mm. to the way in things like Jonathan Miller's version mm. of uh, Whistle and I'll Come to You. Right. That bit where mm. there's a figure, and then uh-huh. the figure is gone. Yeah. I think those things in terms of early uh, being terrified... Yeah.
2: Fantastic uh, the, um, I mean obviously you've just listed 10,000 things
0: <laughs> Well rabies I'll rabies. put that as number one Because rabies is the only thing that made me go to my local church And try to commit suicide when I was What? Yeah, yeah I am okay. so scared uh, that when I, was, uh, when I was nine years so, old yeah. I, I was a child that ruminated much Nothing has changed sadly <laughs> Save for the lack of hair And uh, it was And I used to And I found out I'm not the only one A few people did this you go, oh, my God, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. Mm. And you hold your breath, thinking that you could kill yourself by holding your breath. Oh, my God. And of course you can't, because the body's, you know, designed. But it was, uh, and it's interesting, I spoke to a few mm. people who were the same kind of, you know, I was a very anxious child. You know, I mean, it's only very recently that I've realised how much of my life uh, I've created terms for things which are actually just different forms of anxiety. But I think that that, That's really but that bit never... Went I, and again, I sort of keep banging on about it. But th- that moment of, as you'd have read in the book, you know, the car crash I was in, I mm. thought was my fault, and I was three years yes. old, and my mum was in you a coma, a and that was a very and, long yeah. period of time. Of course, you know, even a week yeah. is huge when you're just about mm. three years old. And I think from that point onwards, really, you know, all of the different forms of of, of kind of anxiety yeah. and and the fear of letting people down, you know, all of that yeah. stuff.
2: Jesus, that's I mean. It, i find it, i find uh, your interests uh, particularly in that book fascinating because obviously i i think you use horror in the same way that i use horror which is like you're a person of science and therefore don't believe in the supernatural so supernatural fangs and gore and blood and all that kind of mm. stuff is gary yeah uh whereas real life is full of anxiety it's exactly you're right it's uh, yeah. a control thing it's in the same way that stand-up yeah. is
0: you control the way you're being looked at mm. for two hours and then the other 22 hours that's, that's when the you know the neuroses can arise but yeah I, I i think horror has been and also i think i mean I, I i don't know the night when you came if i talked about it i did talk about it mm. in some of the shows one of the things that i love about a lot of the people that created horror films mm. is they were an introduction to otherness yes absolutely so yeah. Ernest thesiger and the kind of the camp work of james Whale mm. that is so beautiful mm. um
2: yeah, horror is horror is very metaphory, isn't it? Well, that was—I know <laughs> yeah.
0: you saw it as well. Yeah. We, we talked last time I saw you about mm. Little Shop of Horrors, and that, oh, that yeah. was great for <gasps> yeah. introducing. I took took my son, my wife, and my son. We mm. went to to see that in the mm. Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. Yes, introduction. There yes. are things that you can bring up. There are things you can mm. address. You know, the fact that you know tragically the. Uh, Howard I forget his surname now with Alan Menken and Howard oh god I'm going to
2: kill myself so I can't remember either but um, it was
0: uh, if you are going to kill yourself don't do it by holding your breath it doesn't work I've already told you okay, that okay I'll try um,
2: <laughs> the, uh, I can really be determined. but it was you know yeah it, 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 uh. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake, this is ridiculous. Uh, they, they literally wrote um, under the. Uh, the yeah, the, Little Mermaid. Oh my yeah, God. fantastic um, lyricists anyway, and writers. But did you think, because uh, the thing I loved about the production, obviously they had a drag queen playing yeah. Audrey, which is apparently, I didn't realise it was a tradition now, the, the Audrey 2, the plant is played by yeah, like a drag queen. I thought queen. that was
0: new. I thought, because yeah. the first time I saw it, it was still just the plant singing a great kind of puppet plant. This one, Vicky Vox, who was fantastic. Oh, uh,
1: so, free good. Same. oh.
2: so sexy and seductive and absolutely the Faustian myth thing you get mm, it it's just like great. oh it, it all buys into the, and uh, but the one the, when when we, uh, when we were seeing it with our friends we were just like you know what the dentist needs to be a drag king there needs to be but balance it needs see- to be uh, a woman parodying masculinity in the way that the plant is doing a, a because otherwise that character is so awful that it, 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 you have Maybe. to apologise for it whereas actually just get a get a, get a yeah a hot but I wonder
0: whether someone else would then feed into that, that by turning uh, the dentist into a drag king whether that would change the idea of the narrative of the brutality and I'd forgotten how brutal you know do you know what I mean oh it's, it's um, an
2: appalling
0: uh, character uh, but in, I also uh, wonder I don't know anything about Busted so when I <laughs> saw is him Matt because Willis Willis it was from played Busted. by Matt Willis from Busted <laughs> you know you described it as kind of heteronormative but I would uh, oh that sounds
3: like
2: me <laughs> yeah we, we'd all be
0: drinking that night sure and, um, well we were drunk and I was going yeah. about things
2: being heteronormative yeah enough. I mean, this doesn't track at all, Robin.
0: Uh, (laughs) But um. Um, but it was... because I don't know yeah. any of his other work. Mm. I think I read... Because I read it, I saw the way that that voice, I thought, was very much like a kind of John Warder's voice. Yeah. You know, it had that kind of, welcome to like the filthiest people alive. It was,
2: yes. <laughs> it was lacking nuts. in That's the only way I can read it. It was lacking balls. And I felt like it was lacking balls deliberately because the character in Little Chopper, I could go on about this for so long, is is oh. a, an abusive, intercedo masochism? Mm. literally a masochist dentist, uh, and uh, clearly a a domestic abuser, like a horrible, horrible, horror character. But also, because Audrey isn't stupid, she's attracted to him. So he has to be a bit sexy. You have to get why she would be with this bad boy who's got a steady job, who's a dentist. And um, I felt like they sort of have to cut the nuts off it to make it more palatable. And it's like, you wouldn't have to do that if you had a really hot drag king in the same way that you had a really hot drag queen playing the plant. Uh, (laughs) Ah. I like that you use that opportunity to shove some sushi in your mouth. No, I'm having sushi. i rant
0: on normative stuff. <laughs> once I reckon, it's all about that's uh, one veggie dumpling, and I'm in. I mean, the greatest it genuinely is, and I know this is a cliche, mm. but the greatest fear is the loss of my child. That's the greatest fear wow. that I would have because I don't know that you know there's a sense of the love that you get which that's why you know that genuinely is the of, of of all of the things that for him to be damaged or to you know that, that's that's the mm. and i think i've always you know in some ways as well um i mean that's what i can't remember if you came to the barry Crimmins gig
2: I didn't, know. I, you know. I bought a ticket and I, uh, to be supportive, but I wasn't in Edinburgh at the time. It was very yeah. nice you did, because it was, yeah, it was great.
0: We, we made some money for Helen, his wife. <clears but throat> Barry, for those who... who, who I, I won't give you the full story, but watch the film Call Me Lucky. Mm. And oh, yes, Barry is had Bobcat some, Goldthwait? Yeah, yeah, and it's a very well... I yeah. mean, Bobcat is such a... I think, it, you know, it is the... What else is there when you go... You know, I, I mean, like one of the greatest fears go, just, is, what um, if you didn't? What if something happened and you didn't save your child? Oh, now that right. Yeah, I is, think I'm being
2: a bit squirmy because I'm, like, retreating from this conversation, that's really interesting, isn't it? No, ch- yeah.
0: they are, because it's not... I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, some of this, you know, like, like lots of these things, you know, we talk about some funny stuff, and then you have this moment where... Because mm. um, I remember I talked to a comedian who... Uh, it was fascinating. He, he, he was on the beach and his daughter was out swimming and suddenly just this tide changed and the weight and she got picked up Oh God. and he ran to the sea and swam out and got her and got back. He said the interesting thing is he has no memory of any of that because obviously that, that frontal lobe section which goes, this is me, I look at me, <laughs> I'm in charge of everything, yeah. goes you're not required. This is a kind of genetic thing going on, that love, all of that. And, he's, and he said, you know, that all of that, it's like no conscious part is involved. Fum. Yeah. But I remember thinking, yeah, what if? What if you... Like, that, that's what I love about that, that film, uh, 28 uh, Weeks Later. Oh, the sequence yeah, 28 sequel, Days yeah. Later. You know, mm-hmm. the thing at the beginning, what Robert Carlyle does right. is he runs away from his family and he allows them to, what he believes will happen, he, you know, right. he, 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 he runs away. And the zombies come in. Or whatever you want to call them, I know officially running, it's not zombies, running, the, the running yeah. infected, cards. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: and that is, you know, and then then he, what, what happens? What happens when you've done that?
2: There's that. Uh, are you seen under the skin?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
2: got to be up mm. there one of the such a brilliant. I, lo- I love it when someone finds a way of doing a scare in a film that doesn't require special effects and doesn't require. It's all. It's just a woman watching as a child is left on a beach yeah. to die. Then, um. um the lack of humanity of the person observing. Um, yeah, that's why
0: that's why I stopped watching Black Mirror. Was the episode where the award-winning architect kills everyone, oh, yeah. and she kills a baby, and, and there was <laughs> just sorry, that point where now. I just go, you know what? I uh, that's okay now. I'm fine for this. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's why I gave up on The Walking Dead. I'm, I'm a big zombie mm-hmm. movie fan. Even though I don't, mm. I'm one of those people. I, I remember Kevin Eldon telling me he was in that brilliant version that was done again, Charlie Brooker actually, the mm. one that's kind of set oh, as uh, yeah. a Dead Set or it was uh, a
2: Dead Set. Something yeah, like that. Something yeah,
0: and and yeah. and Kevin said that he's always had an irrational fear of zombies, and he really? thought he'd, he'd get it, get it over and done with by uh, appearing. So he this. said it made yeah. it worse. Okay. So, yeah, really? Because um, <laughs> I still have. I do that thing that when I'm walking down mm. the street, I think, right, if the zombie apocalypse starts now. Where do I go? What do I do? What's the place? Is that a good building to be in? Would that be a good place to go? Is that a good place to hide? that is.
2: Uh, I heard, I read an interview with the, the thing that made me want to watch The Walking Dead, although I bailed off a few episodes, I just didn't find that interesting. It was um, the guy who created it, Robert something. Yeah. Uh, name insert here. Uh, Robert something. He uh, did an interview and they and, and, and he's, obviously he obviously was asked this question a thousand times when promoting the thing. It was, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? And he said he'd blow his brains out with a shotgun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that is, but <laughs> that
2: is exactly. You know, I think that the, is gu- the, the guy who was the yeah. was the yeah. you know
0: for the first year and a half the the director who did um, Shawshank and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, His film, The Mist. Hmm. Now, there's a. Have you seen The Mist? No,
2: um, no.
0: I'm not going to tell you the ending. Put okay. it this way, Stephen King, because yeah. it's based on his short story. Went. Yeah. Whoa! I don't know if you can go that dark.
2: What? Mom, Dad, you gotta come see. But I was the boathouse is bad, bashed. just got to, Come, come on.
1: Whoa. Having spoken, the doomsayer departs. <laughs> Why don't you get Billy dressed? I'll take him into town with him. Hit the store before it gets all bought out.
0: What's going on?
3: It's death. I promise
0: you, the okay, mist I'm gonna watch this, right? you it's very well made because it was basically the... Uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, the, the guy did Shawshank and Green Mile. Um, oh, um, and I can remember all those in blo- The Majestic, which is not even one that everyone <laughs> bloody remembers that he made. Um, but it, it, that one, when <laughs> I, I saw that. it, I went, whoa, no, 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 no. And The Walking Dead, what got me with that is I was carried along for long enough, but it's just the fact that everyone's going to die. And it's the fact that mm. Rick... Is, and I don't mean, I mean, you know, it's, um, you mm. know, oh, my child has been, oh, my wife's been eating, oh, I've been <laughs> eaten oh, I'm just giving up and eating. And, uh, and Rick, I'm not sure is the right leader. So we've had eight series where there's this episode, the end of one series, where some people who are in a hospital mm-hmm. basically go, hey, do you want to live with us? We've got loads of supplies and this is a secure building. No, we're going to keep on walking. And no one goes, do you know what, Rick? I mean, I'm not having a go, <laughs> but. This is the safest place, yeah. and there's loads of supplies. Went no, we're walking. What for? You mm. Like walking. We don't like walking. Rick, come on. And again, I think sometimes he's gone now,
2: isn't he? Is that character? No, next series. I think okay. the one's coming
0: out. But I think also there's a, a sometimes when you are in a society where you feel things are breaking down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it gets harder to watch those things. Yeah, because you just go.
2: I mean, I, I, for myself, I think at the moment I'm really enjoying Angry Lady horror films. Right. Really fucking uh, Carrie,
0: which is Swick. I find it's, devil horror films, devilry, devil yeah. Out, something mm. like that. Giant spiders coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm always. It's not escapism, but I just love his work so much. Mm. I think David Cronenberg still makes. Mm. I still think The Fly, oh. The Fly, and The Dead Zone are two of my favourite films yeah. of all time.
1: If the future were in your hands... The daughter's screaming. The house is burning. Would you change it? Hurry, hurry It's not too late. Touch this man's hand and you're in the grip
0: of the dead zone.
1: I've had another episode.
0: Only the imagination of author Stephen King could take you there. It's too well, In fact, I reckon if there was one director... I might be wrong about this, what I'm saying now, but I, I do think from his early work, from his, his exploitation, yeah. you know, Shivers and Rabid, then into the Brood, which is so fascinating <laughs> in terms of the birth stuff, these polyps, these, uh, Scanners is a great mm. kind of fun horror movie. And then the Dead Zone is mm. so beautiful and sad, and it has a proper emotional punch. There, there are moments in, in that film. Have oh, you seen the Dead Zone? I've seen the Dead Zone. Um, when, uh, it's, it's it's not Karen Allen, is it? it's Brooke Adam. Brooke Adam and Karen Allen, I imagine what off and off is I'm films. so
3: going to pull the IMDb page up, but when um, I'm going to. Brooke Adam, um, when
0: when she. The fact sees we couldn't remember the director of The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Isn't I know, it? isn't it? Because I can remember all these other bloody films. Yeah, but if we stopped, um,
2: if it was a pub and we stopped and we looked it up, then we'd be weak. Yeah. So let's not. So we're not going
0: to. <coughs> we're not going to. But that, the moment where she, she comes round and she's uh, campaigning mm-hmm. for Greg Stilson. Why do I remember mm-hmm. the fictional Stilson, name but yeah. I still don't? Yeah. Frank mm-hmm. Darabont. Frank so Darabont. Uh, There we are. Um, the, uh, but she comes around and, and visits and they haven't seen each other since their one night where they had sex because they never had sex yet. And, and he sees the husband and she goes out and as he shuts the door just turns round and he leans against the frame. And he puts his hand on the door, and you know he is totally broken and so in love. Aww. And the little boy comes up, and he goes. And then, when the little boy touches him, yeah. you go into the ice. The fact that he mustn't go and play ice hockey because the ice will break, Lovely. and the speed in which it goes from an incredible. Yeah. And it ends. Yeah, you know, the words. The fire, I, I love you. You know, it's, it's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful film. And, oh, and and God, the I've fly I think has the same the thing as well. That yeah, I mean, it's the, so, well, the its fly. a beautiful love story, and so is the fly. The fly is about jealousy. The fly—if he—if he had not, he's angry and he's drunk because he thinks she's going back to her old boyfriend. That's the oh, that reason he does that.
2: Like, if you took out. That's. I mean, I love. I love a, a high concept exploration of something remarkably low concept. One of the reasons why Alice Lowe's *Revenge* is oh, a, it's great, oh, isn't it? God, I love Alice so much, uh, uh, and uh, the fact that she. The, the question was isn't it a bit scary when you're pregnant mm. and she represented that by having what if your baby started talking to you and telling you to murder everyone it is uh, so... it's,
3: um,
2: it's such a br- it's, it's so simple and mm. so amazing and, uh, and I, yeah The Fly is the same where it's just like how would a man who's a bit of a nerd uh, who wants the gun doesn't know how to chatter up make himself sexier. Mm. And you could have a whole film where he goes to the gym and he learns negging and chat-up lines mm. and all that stuff, but instead he puts himself in a time travel eye mm. because he hates flying.
1: Yeah.
2: The irony. Um, yeah. It's a good film. Yeah,
0: so the, <laughs> the Fly. I'm <laughs> one of those ones where people thought it was about so many things it wasn't about. Mm. Mm. No, because it was the first time that we really knew about HIV and AIDS.
2: Oh, man, yeah. God, a lot of people thought it a bit. bit yeah. You know,
0: Cronenberg, right so I said it's not. Oh. You know, it's, it's about... You know, there's senses of decay. This certainly might be about old age. It might be about a lot of different things.
2: I liked it when... Did well, um, tr- you True Blood when that came out?
0: And that no, was, I never saw that.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really good, but they could not decide what vampires were. If one week they were, one week it was gays, and one week it was AIDS, and one week it was racism, and one week <laughs> it was... Every week, the vampires were like, you know what we're really talking about here? It's like, no, because you've said ten things.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, um, uh, I think... One of them, a film that I've never, two films that I've never gone back to, mm. one I've mentioned already, which mm. is The Mist, which I won't watch again. Mm. It's brilliant. Uh, I'm
2: literally drawing stars um, around the words The Mist.
0: Now. The other one that stays with me, again, I've only watched it once, and then I had to go on stage, and it took, I, I walked on and went, hello, Glasgow, just been watching The Road. So it's taken <laughs> me a minute to get into it. I think The Road is uh, that combination. Right. Uh, is it John Hillcott? And Nick Cave's music and Warren Ellis, and you know, based on that comment, mm. but that is that really. Mm-hmm. So I think those. Is there a
2: particular of, moment that that got you?
0: I think it's. uh I think it's literally just looking at the deadness. I think it's mm. as they walk, and you see the trees slide, mm. and the and the brief scene with them and Robert Duval. Um, that sense of who. Who will survive? Why? Why keep going? Is there a reason to keep going? And I think that one has stuck with me. I mean, I remember being very put out by Henry Portrait with Serial Killer. I'd watch you mention Johnny Depp. You Uh know when you you make a double bill? It was was at the Panton Street. God, it's probably probably... No, I think it was the Odeon Panton Street then. It was after it had been a cannon. And, uh... I went to see Edward Scissorhands, followed by Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, that's and that is too much bill. of a change. That is too. <laughs> if I, had I done it the other way yeah. round, that's a good. And and every now and again, you also get a kind of sadness where, for some reason, my Summer of Love. When I went to see that, which I think is a fantastic film by Pavel Pavlovsky, is it Pavel Pavlovsky? I think it. I think he's one. It's uh, you know based on I forget what her name is, the woman who wrote wrote the book. Um, but that isn't because I, I can watch that film again, mm-hmm. but. I suddenly had an incredible feeling of the sadness of age. Mm. That moment where you kind of go, oh, time has passed and I'm older now. And in fact, I was only then in my early 30s. Mm. But I had that, it's not directly connected to the film, and yet it is, time has gone. I won't get it back. One of my favourite funny scares, it's not. Fa- it's yeah. just so brilliantly spooky, mm. is where the guy who uh, had long blonde hair and a little beard looked like a kind of ABBA person who was in the TV series 30-something plays someone who gets eaten <laughs> from the inside out by bugs in John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness.
3: And just you did not slowly... pause for breath
2: for about a minute and a <laughs> half. Thought, I thought, how much can I create that? <laughs> I, like, I could feel your oh. diaphragm about to snap. I
0: love though. Yeah, that yeah. bit where Alice Cooper killing someone with a bike when he plays a home homeless person. You've in, told me in. about this film before, uh, and I that. yes,
2: that's it's sounds one good. of those
0: annoying John mm. Carpenter films where half of it is fantastic, but it has some quirky fun bits in it mm. which are not required. So it's got a kind of crazy guy. <laughs> I'm just a kind of crazy guy. Yeah. We don't want the crazy guy. We want Donald Pleasant's going. Satan's coming. Mm. <laughs>
3: Doutness, <laughs> Doutness is yeah.
0: that's what we want. Don't yeah. put yeah. a hat on a hat. Yeah. Us, but uh, that's another one. That's another great scene actually. The there is a scene Exorcist 3, the much underrated Exorcist I know 3, exactly which is what a you're great. Say. Thing. Yeah. The 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 scene involving the nurse mm-hmm. where it's a locked off shot <laughs> back and forth back and forth beautiful sound design on it. And I remember showing that uh, I did a horror show at the Words by the Water uh, Book Festival, yeah. and right at the end, I went. I'm just going to show you, like there's quite a fun thing. That, this, it's, you've got to watch it really, really carefully, there's yeah. a little bit. It's a bit of a blooper from from one of the films that I really liked. So just watch that. And nice. I put it on, and it was just long enough for the Whoa! Yeah. and then just and and it's great, and it makes no sense. That's part yeah. of what's so brilliant about yes. it. It makes something. He's, I'm a huge fan of William Peter Blatty because I know I've banged on about this before but the film Ninth Configuration by William Peter Blatty mm. is, which is there's a great DVD version out now uh, which has a fantastic conversation commentary by Mark Commode mm. and uh, mm. uh, William Peter Blatty and Stacy Keach is brilliant in it. Uh, Scott Wilson, who sadly only very recently died, who was uh, played the old farmer in in three series of Walking Dead, wonderful actor in Dune as well, which is a fantastic, much underrated film. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Ninth Configuration, not for scariness, but mm. just it's kind of a comedy, and then it's kind of not a comedy, and then it's kind of bleak, and then it's about mm. mental health, and it's about so many different things. It has this fantastic mm. image of Scott Wilson on the moon and Stacy Keach crucified on a cross on the moon Mm. and the first oh man ninth configuration william peter blatty very underrated Mm. and he was a comedy writer initially so i think that's where the darkness you know i did a couple of books called dead funny which were comedians writing horror stories
2: i started rereading encore the other day just it was just it was just sort of there like fell off the bookshelf and i just just started flicking through it and reading um oh god Kiri picture mclean's one which is about the worm man or something
1: which is
0: really her oh, story Stuart man. Lee's story in that there's uh, all of Alice's stories Alice yes. Lowe's
2: oh, stories oh is he sitting? is he Sooty, is he sooty I think is d-
0: in that volume as far as I remember yeah
2: about dating a guy who's clearly abusive and it's just that, that's
0: what because i think people thought it was going to kind of be comic and i don't think they realized that this was the bit where you didn't like cause in the first volume i wrote one which was mm. basically just pissing around it right. was uh i wanted to do something which was gory and ridiculous mm. and it's kind of a zombie thing it's, mm. a, it's where a bloke realizes he's the person he, he can't his his mind is intact but his body is controlled by something primeval and he's just it's mm. it's a uh, so it was about loss of control and stuff um and then the the second one, which I I would certainly change now, but the, it, again it mm. goes back to children. It's the idea, and I've done. If you've ever had that playing, uh, you know that moment where you're playing hide and seek and you go, "Oh, hang on, you're still there, aren't you?" Oh, constant. The fear of hide and seek, the... where you're out in a park and you go, "What yeah. if?" I can never find them well, if in you, that if, one. It, if
2: you live in, uh, in, in a London, there's a, there's a thing when your kid runs off behind a bush that you haven't investigated yeah. yet, and you just think, I'll come right and i see the child. What if there's something else? Yeah, it'd be <laughs> like,
0: the balloon will yeah. go up into the... Um... <laughs> what if there's
2: just... Are you doing anything Halloween-y? Um, it is the season.
0: Uh I, will, I normally, I mean, I watch a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think I'm working every single night, though, like I right. say until December the 18th, so oh I probably don't have time to uh, do anything. Ha- I mean, obviously, I'm tremendously excited by watching the live Inside Number 9, oh, which yeah. I think is mm. on the Sunday before Halloween. Mm. And I've done a couple of... A show. was the podcast I sometimes do with Josie when she's around. Uh, I did one with Jeremy Dyson, and we've done mm. one with Anna Savory. Do you know Anna Savory? I don't. She's interesting. She does kind of horror comedy stuff, and she basically inherited 2,000 of Dennis Wheatley's books. Not books he'd written, books from his book collection. Okay. Um, I I just did a, a chat with her, and it's amazing because... It was basically like a curse. Her, gran- you know, her grandmother started just taking people in. This old bookseller went, you can have all my books when I die. And turns out opens them up. They're all Dennis Wheatley's books. And then her grandmother died. And then her granddad died. And then her dad inherited them and he died. And now she has them. So it's... Uh, Anna Savory. And I know Anna Savory. Yeah, She's great. great. And, th- and then every now and again... Yeah, I mean, what I normally do... I probably, I may well watch a Sapphire and Steel because mm-hmm. they still work well. I mm. uh, normally like to watch an M.R. James on mm-hmm. a night like that. Um, and does your
2: child, do your child does your child trick or treat? Um, um, does your brain do the same? Yeah, fight normally.
0: And seek horror normally. that mine does yeah. He, yeah, and he's well, he likes horror even more now. I bought the box set of Tales from the Crypt, mm. the, uh, oh. all the EC Comics thing. I, that was for my uh, my birthday. I thought I'd buy something I like, and I got the full <laughs> full set of it. And he read all of them. He loves them. He loves those horror stories.
1: Hoi hoi you spooky babies Um, Sarah here, hello Um, Just wanted to say that was Robin Ince Um, He's brilliant Uh, His book I'm a Joke and So Are You is available in all good independent bookshops Um, Thanks so much for listening If you enjoyed the show even if you didn't frankly I'm very needy, all attention is good attention at the Fear Podcast let me know how are you feeling? Um uh honestly, I, I really like making this podcast. I hate the sound of my own voice. Oh, what an original observation. No one likes the sound of my own voice. Um <laughs> no, I love making this podcast because it makes me feel less alone and less weird about all the weird shit that I'm scared of. Um it helps me with my anxiety, so um hope it's helpful for you too or you just like spooky horror shit and if you just like spooky horror shit that is absolutely fine as well um in fact i wrote the halloween episode of danger mouse that is on um today halloween 31st of october 6 p.m on cbbc if um it'll also be on the iplayer it's called a fear to remember this is genuinely a career high for me writing the halloween episode of danger mouse it's got miranda richardson in it queenie uh from Blackadder um, yeah I, I, I'm so proud I'm so happy anyway um, thank you for listening um, join me next week there's one more episode left in this series or season it's a really good interview um, but for now happy Halloween and enjoy Christopher
3: Lee
0: bottoms up stirrup cup it'll put you in the pink and all you have to do is drink
1: drink